today, I want to talk about the sound of heaven. And um, that's my title. If you're taking notes and you want to write down a cool title at the top, The Sound of Heaven. And I don't know about you, I, my head is still spinning, like, from all of the Spitfire fun, like, the Spitfire history. Um, I'm so grateful for my husband, who literally uh, is, Pastor Pace said it a few weeks ago, he's a theologian, he's historian, and he's a culture wizard, wizard of culture wizardry. Like, he just, God's gifted him so much, and we are, we're so honored and privileged to, to have him lead this charge. And I'm personally so grateful. And Levi, I just love you so much, and I'm so grateful for you and the way that you make it easy for me and for us to follow Jesus um, in you is just so amazing. But Honestly, he's, he's I, I'm sure I've said this before, but he's the reader in the family. As much as it's in my heart to read, I'm really in this season of life where it's like I kind of will get like a chapter here, a chapter here, or not even a chapter, like a paragraph. But with Levi's learning about something, I'm learning about something. So if he's learning about the Panama Canal, 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 I'm learning about the Panama Canal. If he's learning about Spitfire, like you better believe you guys are learning about it, but I'm learning about it even more at home. And it's really amazing. But one of the things about the Spitfire plane that was so um, special was that you heard it before you saw it. The sound of the Spitfire plane was so distinct and so recognizable. Um, And you didn't have to see it to know that it was there. And I'm I just imagine like people, um, civilians, like hearing it in the air and kind of it, and it giving them that spirit of like, okay, courage and strength and protection and knowing that it's, it's going to be okay. Um, something about me is that I am hard of hearing and not, I don't need hearing aids yet, but I really have a hard time listening. And it's so funny, though, because I've had people tell me, Jenny, you're such a good listener. And um, if only they knew that I'm, like, trying really hard to, like, focus in on what they're saying and not just, like, be an like a engaged, active listener, but, like, also try to comprehend what they're saying is one of the hardest things for me. I don't know. Um, like, I, I really believe in, like, being an active listener, like on Zoom, I don't know, meetings that you have, but like sometimes like you'll see people just be like staring at you. And I'm like, wait, am I muted? Can you hear me? I don't think I am. But like it means so much to me when someone's like, mm-hmm, yeah, oh, or like pretend clapping in the background. But like um, for me, I just, it's just hard for me to. So like for example, like, my 10-year-old, like, she knows, like, she'll watch a movie, and she'll, like, memorize part of it, and she'll be so excited, and she'll, like, tell me this part in a movie, and if I don't, like, put my phone down, if I don't, like, full-on just, like, get on her level, and, like, not that she's this short, she's actually almost as tall as me, but, but just in that sense of, like, getting, getting where she's at, and, like, listening, and engaging and asking her questions about it and letting her speak to me and letting like me actually hearing what she's saying, then 
my eight-year-old too, Clover, she'll be like, she said it so many times yesterday, which is so sad. She's like, are you hearing a word I'm saying? And it's so sad because it's like, oh, sweetheart, can you say that again? <laughs> but I just, I, it's, it's a struggle for me. And I don't know if that is for you, but I, um, I want to be at a place where I'm not just like actively listening, but I'm actually like engaged and asking more questions and, and really in the moment. And um, so I just gave my secret away. <laughs> if I am in a conversation with you and I'm like, oh, wow, um, I'm really trying hard, just so you know. But today we're going to look in the Bible. We're going to open God's word in this church, we tremble before God's word because we know that it's living and it's powerful and it's able, God's able to speak to us and it's able to divide and help and nourish and encourage and it's our life. And so um, we're opening to the book of Luke chapter two. And this is, I'm sure, familiar territory for all of us. Um, we're going to read verses 8 through 20. And by the way, if you have kids and you have our Fresh Life Kids Advent journey, um, we're reading this passage this week. And if you haven't gotten it yet, uh, please ask your um, campus pastor and team about it because it's been really special. It's really simple. So it's like we've literally been doing one thing and one little activity per week. So if you haven't got it yet, you won't be behind at all because you'll be able just to catch up super easy, but um, you can even request a kit um, at freshlife.church slash kids at home also. Um, so Luke chapter two, verse eight. And in the same, <clears throat> excuse me, and in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. And Father, we look to you now. And we thank you so much that as we gather and open up your word together, that something powerful happens, that you're able to speak to each of us individually, but also us 
collectively as your house, as your church, as your bride. And so, God, we just today commit to leaning in. And if we're hard of hearing, Lord, we ask that you would open up our ears, open up our eyes, help us to actively engage to you speaking to us right now and right here. And Lord, we are just so grateful that you, God, who created heaven and created earth, the mighty, powerful one, wants to speak to us. You want us to look to you. You want us in our heartache and our stress and our struggle and our frustration to run to you, our perfect father. And so we lift this time up to you. So grateful in Jesus' name. Amen. So Jesus had just been born in a little cave or stable, or I think it was more of a cave. And here he is laying in a manger, which is a feeding trough for animals. So that's not normal already. In swaddling cloths. But our focus here goes to a place kind of in the same region. So it says in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And as I was studying this, I was really just drawn to these shepherds. And I know there's so much in these verses that we read that are powerful and beautiful and if you dig deep in the meanings of words and study it even deeper and further like it's so powerful and that's God's word I love how you can read the same thing over and over again and God's going to speak to you something fresh where you are and what he wants to speak to you but these shepherds were out in the field and one of my first questions was um why shepherd like why did shepherds get this revelation and this experience like what was so special about shepherds wouldn't you think if the angels were going to come that they were going to like meet the priests in the temple and say hey you're really holy and you're doing a really good job so we're going to tell you first and then you can be the ones to tell all the common people but what's so beautiful is that shepherds were common people like they um they weren't priests. They, they, didn't, they weren't high ranking. They weren't wealthy. Like they were just the hardworking people who, just regular people, just like us. Um, so what's so cool here is that they got to experience something super special because what I see is they were just there. And um, it says that they were keeping over their keeping watch over their flock by night. And apparently there were different watches. So there was like the first watch of the night, second watch of the night. And I don't know, I think maybe there were four watches, but like this was the final one. So it was like right before dawn, right before the sun was about to rise. And, um, and here they are. And I don't know if, if you are an early riser or a late riser, um, my husband is an early riser. It's like it built into his DNA. And it's so funny. We were on vacation a while back, and we didn't set our alarms. And we were just like, let's just see when we wake up. And his, like, normal wake-up time was, like, 6.30 a.m., although he usually wakes up at 5, but that was, like, his just internal clock. For me, it was, like, 9 a.m. That's, like, that's me. But, um, but when you get up early, when it's still dark outside, 
And when you see the sky right before the sun comes up, that's some of the most beautiful colors, some of the most beautiful moments. And um, hello, Dawn is coming, Fresh Life Worship. But um, yeah, there's a clap. I think someone just clapped. Yes! <laughs> but um, <clears throat> But I love this. Like, they were just there. And I don't know about you, but when you wake up in the morning and you're spending time with God, like, it's such a beautiful time. I was just talking with someone. Like, we can have some of the most quiet, special, beautiful moments when we wake up before everyone else. And I love that. And I just wish it happened more easily for me. But it is very, very special and very important. But, um, but here these shepherds are. They're up at and nighttime, but also like early, early morning. And they were just there. Literally their job required them to be outdoors and to be up at nighttime. And how easy that was for the shepherds to show up to them because they were just there. And so I think that's even something that we can learn from the shepherds is just being available and just being there and maybe getting up a little bit early and, and asking God to speak to you. Um, that can... God can just do so much in those, in those moments. Um, yeah, there are so many times where I wake up to Levi being like, hey, Jenny, you should come see the sunrise. Or, oh my gosh, Jenny, I saw the most beautiful thing this morning. I'm like, oh man, I missed it again. But at least I have you to tell me about Spitfire and Panama Canal and the sunrise. <laughs> Things that I don't read on my own. Um, but this was super beautiful. Um, Levi and I actually got to interview Pastor Robert Ferguson this week on our podcast. And his book, um, Are You Getting This, is super good. But he talks about this. He says in his book, Deserts Train Shepherds. And he's just talking about how um, there's a specialness about shepherds. And I just wanted to share this with you. <clears throat> he said, one of the reasons for attributing spirituality to shepherds is due to their geography. Farmers settled where the soil was good and the fruit was abundant, but the shepherds, on the other hand, led their flocks into the wilderness. That gave them an opportunity to face fewer distractions and establish a greater reliance on God. And I just thought that was such a beautiful perspective on shepherds, because in my mind, it's like, oh, there's these shepherds. They probably like don't know Jesus, or they're not believers. They don't know God. But a friend also recently told me that um, these shepherds taking care of these sheep were probably providing the lambs that were being sacrificed in the temple. And I never thought of that before and how powerful that is. Like they're literally, I mean, I'm sure a lot of them did know God and did love God, but like they were providing this, the things that people in the temple were sacrificing um, and that is really cool. Um, another thing about shepherds, I read, they said, as Abraham and David, to whom the promise of the Messiah was first made, they were shepherds. So the completion of this promise was first revealed to shepherds. And I thought that was really cool too. I love this so much. And then it says, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. Hello. They're just doing their job. Here they are. They're just there. They're doing what they normally do. I don't even know what that would mean. Just 
hanging out with the sheep, making sure they're sleeping or resting, or maybe they're just talking amongst themselves, or maybe they're just also kind of nodding off, although if they're supposed to be keeping watch, they're probably very much awake. But, um, but then all of a sudden, the dark of the night becomes bright, an angel comes up to them, the glory of the Lord shines around them. Hell, I would be filled with great fear too. But the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. I love it. This angel is bringing good news of great joy for all the people. And honestly, that verse is so special to me, but in this year, of lots of bad news and weird news and just kind of, you just want to shut off the news. This is what we want. We want what God's bringing to us, the good news of great joy, which shall be for all the people. And something that's so beautiful about that, obviously everything, but looking at that phrase, for all the people, is partly what um, what the, what Luke was saying that the, the gospel was for. Um, when, when Luke wrote the gospel of Luke, um, he was writing in particular to show that um, the gospel is for all people, Jews and Gentiles alike. So that's his goal in this whole book. But he's proving that this good news wasn't just for priests or holy people or people in high ranking or wealthy people. This good news was for all the people. And that's so comforting for all of us. But how beautiful this is, this angel appears to them. And immediately they're experiencing the sound of heaven like they probably never have, I mean, never have before. This is the sound of heaven. The good news of Jesus is the sound of heaven. And this is also something that um, was amazing to me, the fact that the angels, their perspective in this, and I never thought about this either, but the fact that, I mean, angels in heaven worship God, and they're doing God's work, And all of a sudden, Jesus' birth drew angels from heaven to earth. And just their perspective of, they must have been so amazed. Like, here's my my God, like the one I worship, the one I serve, the one I love. And he's like coming down to earth as a baby, the most vulnerable, weak kind of human that you could be because you can't take care of yourself. You're not strong. And just their perspective, that is amazing. Warren Wearsby said, by visiting the shepherds first, the angel revealed the grace of God toward mankind. Shepherds were really outcasts in Israel. This was really interesting to me. Shepherds were really outcasts in Israel. Their work not only made them ceremonially unclean, but it kept them away from the temple for weeks at a time. So they could not be made clean because there was all the rituals and to be clean and come into the temple and worship God. Like you had to go through all this washing and everything. And their job literally kept them from doing that. God does not call the rich and mighty. He calls the poor 
and lowly. How beautiful is that? God's calling each and every one of us, no matter our financial status, no matter our economic, what we do status, although I know that's the question that we always ask for, so what do you do? But that's not the most important thing about you. The most important thing about you is who you are, that God loves you, that he has a purpose and a plan for you. For all the people, this is the sound of heaven, God's good news for all the people. see here. I love this. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. That's beautiful. So literally, these angels show up, and they say all this, and they say, here's the sign for you. Here's the sign for you. Maybe, maybe the, the shepherds were asking, like, hmm, I need a sign. Even though like having an angel in front of them telling them this wasn't good enough. But this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And then it says, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. So just suddenly, they just appeared. That, that would have filled me with even more great fear, like just sudden and shocking and like hearing the sound and seeing the, it's, oh my gosh, that's just crazy. Verse 15, when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. Now, this is, just seeing the wording here, um, it's funny to me because it says that suddenly the angels came, like, surprise, here we are, we're going to sing to you, glory to God in the highest. But then in verse 15, it says, but when the angels went away from them into heaven. So I read a commentary that was like, it seems like they just kind of sauntered, like they just kind of like hung out a little bit, like maybe like, hey, shepherd, you're doing a really good job over there. You, you, you got those sheep really well. Or like maybe like high-fiving each other and like just kind of walking slowly back to heaven. I just, that thought is so funny to me um, and what that must have been like. But here's something that's so cool. The shepherd said to one another, so here's something for us, because we'll so easily be in a situation like this where we're sitting in straight rows, we're watching someone talk to us, and then we go our own way and live our life and hopefully are encouraged and inspired to, to live out the things that God taught in that moment. But what's so cool here is that it says the shepherd said to one another. So here they are, like maybe I imagine like in a half circle, like watching this like perf- most amazing performance ever. And then the angels slowly walk away, and then they're just literally left with each other and their sheep. And so they kind of like bring the circle in and are like, what the heck just happened? Oh my gosh, that is not normal. What should we do about it? And it's just like they're talking to each other, and that's, that's what we're meant for. We're not just meant to experience the glory of God and the beauty, in, which we are, and we're, we're, we should gather and be um, in the house and learning from God's word together, but then we're also meant to circle up, and whether that's a row of 
I don't know how many, are there 10 chairs in these rows? 10? Oh, perfect. But circling them up into a circle where now it's like you're seeing people face to face in their struggles that they're in and the, the issues that they're facing and the grief that they're experiencing. And you're looking each other in the eye and you're saying, wow, that was amazing. This is what God spoke to me. And we need that. We need to circle up. We need to face each other. We need to live life in circles as well. And so I love that. Not that they were specifically like, hey, we should show the church in a few thousand years what they should do, but they're living it out. And isn't that the best? Like when we have people in our life who are literally just living out what it looks like to follow Jesus imperfectly, yes, but what it looks like to follow Jesus at age 60, what it looks like to follow Jesus at age 20. And that's this beauty that we are in, this grove that we are in of people who love Jesus as we're meant to be examples, but also to receive and to learn and to grow and to follow people as well. But here's what they said to, the one, to one another. Let us go. Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So their response was, let's do something about this. He told us there was a sign. Let's go find this sign. Let's go find this baby. And it says they went with haste. They went with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And that is so cool to me, because imagine, I don't know exactly how far away they were from where Jesus was, but they were in the region, it said earlier. So they were most likely far away in the wilderness, in the countryside. So in order to go, they had to leave their sheep with somebody, like they couldn't just leave their sheep by themselves. So whether they called some people and said, sorry, I know you had the first watch, but can you also kind of cover the, the, the last watch? Or they left some people there to watch the sheep so that some of them could go. I don't know how that exactly worked, but they had to go. They had to walk. They, well, with haste, it sounds like they were like running because they're so excited, but r- running into the town, trying to find. And what does that even mean? Like the angel didn't say like, so you're going to go into town and then you're going to find an inn, but there's no room there. So don't check there. And then you're going to turn right. And then when you go down the hill, there's going to be this little cave, and it's not going to look like a baby's going to be there, but the baby's going to be there, and he's going to be lying in a manger. Well, he did say that. But it's so crazy because, like, they didn't, it wasn't like a GPS thing or, like, open up maps in your phone. It was just like, we're going to go find this baby. I don't know where we're going, but we're going to go find this baby. And it says that they, with haste, found Mary and Joseph and the baby. And that word found Um, means like to find as a treasure. So they were like going on a treasure hunt and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. So they didn't just go for themselves. They didn't just go like, okay, we're going to find the the sign was for us. It wasn't for anyone else. It was just for us. So we're going to go find this baby and then we'll just, we'll leave. But when they got there, They told everyone who was there, which is interesting because it says they made known the saying that had been told them. um, And then it says all who heard it wondered. So that all, I'm like, how many people were there? Like, I don't know. 
For those of you who have had babies, like you're just wanting to get this baby out. You're not like inviting friends and like, I had a friend literally who was in labor and she just had a bunch of family and friends in the room. And there was a time for like to push, I know, sorry, TMI, but it happens. (laughs) Um, And the nurse was like, do you want all these people to like go out of the room? And my friend was like, oh yeah, that's probably a good idea. I'm like, who even does that? Who like invites all these people when you're in, like labor is not pretty. It's not a beautiful thing to behold. And maybe she was just um, like, it was easy for her or something. I guess that happens to some people. Um, But all who heard heard wondered at what the shepherds told them. Um, it says my time is at 42. Is that my time? What time is the time time? What time am I supposed to be done? <laughs> Whatever I'm ready. Okay, don't worry, you guys. This is wrapping up soon. <laughs> um, okay. Verse 19, but Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart, and the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and all that had been told them. Gosh. I love that these shepherds went back. They returned. It says the shepherds returned returned to their spot, returned to their wilderness, returned to their job, and all the while they were glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. And this is so beautiful because um, they went back to what they were doing when they first heard God's voice. And what a moment for them as they're worshiping God and glorifying him together how that must have changed them. But then we also see how they made it known to all the people around them too. And I think that that's what God's called us to do, to not just be receiving for ourselves, which we need it. We were just talking about revival and how it first starts in our own heart, but how we're meant to speak. We're meant to share what God's doing in us. We're meant to invite people to church and be like, hey, come. Just come and see. I know. I know you've been burnt in this way. I know this has been hard for you in this way. But just come. Just come and see. Come and taste and see that the Lord is good. And this is the sound of heaven. The sound of heaven is us receiving from God, speaking to us. The sound of heaven is us speaking to each other in a small group, in community, where that person right there knows what I'm struggling with and is praying for me, where I know what this person's hurting in and struggling in. Um, The sound of heaven is us being the light. I mean, there are so many times in the Bible where you see people um, being a light. And there's even a verse that talks about without even words, and this is like a believing wife and a non-believing husband, but without even words coming from the, the wife, she could win her husband by her kindness and her love. And I believe that that is us. That's meant to be us as this church, to be the sound of heaven 
to love the people in our lives, to speak the truth in love. Um, John 13, 5 says, by this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. The world, people on the outside are gonna see God's love in us because of us loving each other. And that's something that has been so beautiful with Mary Market. And honestly, we've been uniting churches even over this because as we've been yesterday, as we served, there were other churches involved in serving, and we were united in Christ. And that is so beautiful because people who come in who don't know Jesus, they don't know that someone's a part of this church or this church or this church. They just see the fact that people are coming together and loving them and showing them God's love through creating a warm and loving and kind experience for someone, a free experience for someone to come in and be able to, with confidence and strength, find these things for their own kids and give them to their own kids. That, it's just, that's, this is, that's the sound of heaven. Mary Market is the sound of heaven. 1 Corinthians 13. Now, um, as we're talking about the church, I just... The church is meant to be, okay, first of all, Jesus is the sound of heaven, like capital T-H-E. Jesus is the sound of heaven because he literally came from heaven to earth for us. Um, The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever would, all the people, whoever would, God bless you, whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And I think so often we as the church at large, we divide on these little things and we're like, well, you do this and you do this and you don't believe the way I believe. And, and it's so ugly, honestly, and it's, it's horrible. And I, I just believe that 1 Corinthians tells us how we're supposed to be. And that, let me turn there real quick. It says, if I speak in the tongues of, of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or clanging cymbal. Now, warning, this is loud, and I'm not a professional drummer. Thanks, Noah. It's also Noah's birthday, so happy birthday to Noah. Ready? I know, it's horrible, isn't it? But hopefully you'll remember that when you read this the next time. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I'm nothing. It's the Bible, you guys. The Bible is saying this. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. But this, this is love. Love is patient and kind. 
Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things. Love believes all things. Love hopes all things. Love endures all things. What's so beautiful is that we as the church are meant to have a sound, not just a clanging cymbal, not even a drum kick, not even just one note on a guitar, not one clanging little piano key, not one person singing, but we're meant to be a symphony. We're meant to be a sound of heaven. We're meant to be a light with our lives. We're meant to show the world God's love. And how can we do that if we're nitpicking each other? If we're saying, well, I don't like this about this, and I don't, like go to your church and love your church, but be the church. Be the worldwide Big C church showing God's love and being this symphony, this beautiful band of sounds. And we all have our giftings. Some of us can be at the sound booth and make things sound beautiful and look beautiful. Some of us are behind, literally behind the stage, making sure everything's in its place and perfectly set. Some of us are leading a campus and doing it so well. Some of us are taking care of kids. Like we, we all have the giftings on our lives that God's given us meant to create the sound of heaven. Now I wanna ask you, we're wrapping up here. I wanna ask you, what does your life sound like? What is the sound that's coming from your life. Ephesians 5.19 says, be filled with the spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. What's coming out of your life? What's coming out of your heart? What's the sound that people get when they talk with you, when they're around you, when they see your posts on Instagram? What are they getting from your life? And I also wanna ask you to ask yourself, what is God saying to me? What's the sound that God is speaking to me? And I know that sound and music is emotional. And and I'm sure if I asked any one of you what your favorite worship song is, or even just your favorite song in general, thinking about it, hearing it will bring you back to that moment where you first heard that song or where God ministered to you so beautifully in that song or the song that carried you through a dark season of your life. Music is emotional and hits us deep 
what is God speaking to me? And I know that we're all in a journey. We're all in a different journey of our relationship with God. Some of us have been walking with God for years and we've, we know what it looks like to spend time in prayer. That's also a hard thing. I feel like sometimes I'm hard of hearing in prayer because I'm trying to focus and hear God and speak, but I'm like, if I don't put my, my stuff down, if I don't like focus and close my eyes, I have a really hard time in that moment with God. I don't know about you, but I feel like I get down to pray and then everything comes to my mind that I haven't thought about in years or that I need to do or the dishes in the sink. Some of us have been walking with God for a short time. Some of us have never heard God's voice before. And I'm not talking audibly, I'm talking Him speaking to you, God loves you. Him speaking to you, you're my child and I created you. And I don't know if you've ever watched any of those YouTube videos where people are hearing for the first time. If you do, you gotta grab some tissues and watch because it is very emotional. But I just, our team made this little clip of what it looked like for these few people and kids to literally hear for the first time after not ever hearing in their whole life. Hello. Hi, Jonathan. Stop the sucking. Hi. Could you hear that? Hey, I'm down. You're hearing yourself. She's hearing herself. Hi, baby. Sounds good. Daddy. Daddy loves you. Daddy loves you. I know, right? If you've forgotten today, God is telling you that He loves you. If you've never heard that, hear now what I've heard, what God has opened my ears to, what our our staff, our team, so many people in our church have heard that God loves you. Your Father in heaven loves you. When we hear God's voice, It changes our lives, literally. And in this moment, we really are finishing, so. But in this moment, I just wanna read um, a passage of of scripture over you. And if you feel comfortable, um, you can close your eyes, maybe even receive, like have your hands out in just a posture of receiving. But I just wanna remind you what God's speaking over you. And this is from Isaiah chapter 55, and and he's speaking to um, Israel, his people. But I believe that just as God speaks to specifically his children, his people of Israel, he's also speaking to us because we're his children, we're his people, and we're his church. Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk, without money and without price. 
Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen, listen diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear that your soul may live and I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for David. Behold, I made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander for the peoples. Behold, you shall call a nation that you do not know, and a nation that did not know you shall run to you. Because of the Lord your God and of the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord, that he may have compassion on him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. God speaks this, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. For you shall go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall break forth into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress. Instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle. And it shall make a name for the Lord, an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Father, we receive from you. Thank you, God. Thank you for your word. Thank you for this holy moment. Thank you that you're not looking at us in disapproval and judgment and frustration and annoyance like maybe we think you do. But when you look at us, you look at us with love in your eyes. You look at us with approval and you're so proud of us and you just love us. And yes, we're not where we, we wanna be or we know that we're not perfect or, or we've, we've not arrived, but you're not annoyed and impatient with the process. You, you wanna be in control of the process. And so I just pray right now that you help us to see that you're not done with us yet. Help us to be patient with ourselves and to see that the most important thing is that we're looking to you and that we're listening to you. 
And my prayer for all of us today, asking the question, what are you hearing from us? Lord, my prayer for each and every one of us is that we're saying, yes, Lord. That we're saying, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. And that we would posture ourselves like the shepherds that, that night, just ready for whatever you ask us to do, for whatever you prompt us to do. Because we know that in that, you're gonna bring revival to our own hearts and therefore bring revival into this house, into your church, your bride worldwide, and into this land, into this world. And so God, we ask that you would have your way in us. And I just pray for anyone who has heard something from God today, that you would raise your hand. I wanna pray for you. Lord, I pray for those here who have heard you speak today. And maybe they heard you speak already this morning in a time, just you and them. But right now, I pray that you would strengthen their hearts, that you'd help them to hear more clearly and see more clearly and ask you every single day to help them walk with you and live for you and that the sound of heaven would ring out in, out of their lives and not out of anything that they've mustered up in their own strength and their own power, but leaning fully on you, leaning fully on Jesus and the power of the resurrection. Yes, he came as a baby, but he lived a perfect life and died a sinless death. And three days later, he rose again from the grave giving us resurrection power to live this, maybe for some of us, seemingly mundane, seemingly just average, normal life. You give us purpose, you give us confidence, you give us strength, and so we look to you, God. You can put your hands down. And I just wanna pray for anyone who does not know Jesus and who does not have a relationship with Jesus. If that's you today, all across our church, in Billings, maybe you're there in Salt Lake City. This good news is for you because the bad news is that we're separated from God and there's nothing we can do to get to him except through Jesus. And if that's you today where you find yourself wanting to, to say, yes, God, I, I hear your voice. I, I'm like that little baby who heard his dad say, daddy loves you for the very first time. If that's you, I just have a, a, a prayer that you can repeat after me. Basically, I'm just helping you with words, but your heart is already there because you're saying, yes, that's what I want. But you can pray with me and the church is gonna pray with you. You can pray this, dear God, I know that I'm a sinner and I know that I'm far from you and I can't get to you on my own, but I believe in Jesus who built the bridge from me to you and I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for changing my life. I surrender it to you. 
I say, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. In Jesus' name, amen.